Thank you so much for tuning in, listening in uh, to this encouragement message. Before we go any further, let's pray together. Uh, God, we, we just want to say thank you. We thank you for the truth of your word that shows your, your intimate care and intimate knowledge of the roles that we play in our lives. And we pray that um, through this message that you'll help uh, boys to become men and men to become better husbands no matter what age they may find themselves um, so that the truth of your word is made known to the world may know that God is real, that God is love, that God is truth, and that we can exemplify those models that are set before us in your scripture. So Lord, for you we listen, for you we watch. Draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, we're in the encouragement series. Here we go. Encouragement series. I'll just give you prep. We're not going to go there yet, but you're going to want to find 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Just one verse. Just one verse. And I love that. I would, I would love to just go verse by verse through the whole Bible and unpack it, but uh, a lot of times that's not what God wants. He, he does chunks, but we get one verse to go through here. So, we're going to be able to give it a, a thorough archaeological discovery as we pull this thing apart. But remember, the encouragement series... It's all about being encouraged to bring God glory um, by living boldly like Jesus Christ. So we want to give you the courage through the encouragement of God's word to go and live boldly. Specifically in the context of this message which we're um, about to unpack. So let me just kind of get your mind and get your heart sort of moving in the locomotive way um, that we're headed for this message. The, the way that you love God is the way that you will love others. I mean, that's, that's just the truth of it. So if you don't love God, then you're not going to love others well. If you halfway love God, then you're only going to halfway love others well. If you're, if you're fully committed and fully devoted to God, then you're going to have a much better chance of being fully committed and fully devoted to loving others. And that's just not those that love you and friends and family members, but it's enemies, it's complete strangers, it's those that are in need, those who aren't in need that have an abundance. So you really live in this world where the, the pool is me first or God first, and that applies to so many areas um, of our lives, and even more specifically, um, it applies to husbands. It applies to husbands, it applies to men, because like uh, women, that's, that's a great bottle. Is it me first? Is it what God wants? Is it some, somewhere in between? Is it on Sundays for God and every other day of the week, it's, it's for me? So we're going to look at the scriptures and see what it has to say to sort of bring about uh, the truth in husbands and help them to be what Christ wants us to be and what God tells us uh, to be in this. So let's, let's look, listen to... Uh, the one thing. So here's the one thing. Let me just say this about husbands. Husbands are to lead and love like Jesus. If you don't know how Jesus led, if you don't know how Jesus loved, then you need to dive more into your Bible. You need to see how he interacts with people, how he guides people, people who come after him and against him, people that are for him and with him, how he leads and loves all of those folks. So husbands are, men are, to lead and love like Jesus. And in, in all areas, in all components of their life, they're supposed to love their wives as Christ loves the church and gave himself for you. That's Ephesians 5.25. I'm just mentioning that so that you can go to that later and see even more expansive explanation of, of how husbands are to relate to their wives and, and the example that Jesus provides um, for us. So husbands, lead and love like Jesus to your wife in the home when you're with your wife outside the home. 
So let me bring some context and, and some life to this and why it's important. God's best flows most free when the husband is the man he was created to be. So what we see here is that God's best is coming out when a man, when a husband gets under the shepherding of Jesus Christ and says, what have you created to me? How have you created me to husbandry my wife? How have you created me to go this? Because husbands always come and should always come from the ranks of men. So the way that you look at this is even, even young men must learn what it is to be a man. And in fact, a husband must prepare before he's even married, begin to prepare um, in the ways that a husband would go and treat a woman and treat a wife in accordingly in that way. So that's the best way for God's best to flow most free in the marriage relationship as it is early as he can he can learn that um, uh, you know middle schooler teenager college student 20 something 30, whatever age you find yourself from the ranks of men come the husbands for the wives and the women and they must know what God has to say. Well, we don't want a bunch of boys running around here. We don't want a bunch of guys out there who just are duding it and just not caring about women the way that God does. So we're going to dive into this one verse which begins to kind of unpack for us what it is to be a true godly husband um, to a wife. Whether she's a Chris, Christian or not, doesn't matter. We respond this way as Christian men. So let's look at 1 Peter chapter 3 uh, verse 7. Now we had talked last week about the first six verses of this and, and kind of discussed and showed that, that women and wives are precious and perfectly placed by God. Now we're looking at the husbands and, and the role in which they l lead and love like Jesus in. So here's the verse. And uh, what What's happening here in this context is Peter's really trying to help them see how God's best flows and showing that to the husbands and the wives. So likewise, husbands, we've heard from the wives in the previous verses, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. So we're just going to dissect this, man. We are 8th grade science frog dissection on this verse. And we're going to look at this and pull apart what God has to say here. So let's just look at the first part that it talks about husbands. It says, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. So um, the, the Greek word for that is is gnosis or gnosis where we get gnostic or agnostic which are belief systems right so a gnostic says you have to have a special knowledge to understand god an agnostic says that there is no knowledge that you can have to understand god anyways because he really doesn't even exist so what you're getting in this passage is is a, a nod to and an explanation to understanding your wife and having general intelligence about her that you are using your brain, you are using all that you can to grow that in her. In fact, I would say it more simply this way, um, it's to know her. To know her. Um, if you, I can remember, maybe this dates me, I don't know, but I remember when, when I was um, little uh, and younger, my mom would find these like tests in magazines and they would say, are you compatible with your husband? And you would take these two tests together and then you would score it out and then it would tell you where you're compatible, your strengths and weaknesses are. So if, husbands, if you were to take a 
test of your wife. Yes, her favorite color and her favorite flower and her favorite food. But, but what are her hopes and what are her dreams and what's her desires for you and her desires for herself and, and the family and kids if you have that or her job or however that lies. How well do you know her? Because as a husband, you, you should, honestly, you should know your wife better than anybody else does. You should know her that. And then there, there, there's, there's more grace if maybe you're newly married and, and you're just kind of learning and discovering all of these things. But, but that's the process. So when it says live with your wife in an understanding way, um, it's talking about as you dwell with her, which also has a cool thing about knowing her, is you must be present with her. You have to, to dwell, right? There's, there's no social media in the Old and New Testament. There's, you can't fake friendship. You can't fake followers or acquaintances. You can't live with someone in the New Testament unless you're actually there in their presence. So when it uses this Greek word for live and it talks about dwelling, it's like you're there and you're present. You're talking, you're listening, you're sharing, you're working through problems, you're celebrating victories. So you're present to know her. And one of the great things that husbands, and I would say even men or, or boys that are growing intimate, teenagers that are becoming men or whatever age you find yourself, you're going to begin to prepare yourself to, to know people that are around you, to, to know the women in your life and to live in an understanding, general intelligence kind of way. So how's that going for you? So in fact, what is a great way to get to know her? Right? If this is the lead part. You're leading out in knowing each other. You're leading out in, in knowing her. Well, what's a great way to get to know her? You show empathy and encouragement when you're with her. So she's sharing hopes and dreams, hard day at work. She's, she had a, a, a tough day with the kids or she was out well, with her friends and it was rough and, and, and she's just sharing. So when, when things aren't going well for her or she's just growing and struggling, you show empathy, which is better than sympathy, right? Sympathy is like I, under, I kind of just, I, I can logically understand what you're doing. Empathy puts yourself in her shoes and you walk a mile or two with her and go, you know what, I understand mentally, I'm striving to understand emotionally and spiritually and, and maybe even physically in all the ways that I need to. So you want to get to know her well, husbands, wives, or, or men, the women that you're, you're dating, or just simply around in the appropriate levels, show empathy and encouragement. Because what's the response? Look, I'm, I, I'm a man. And whenever someone talks to me about problems, my immediate reaction is linear thinking and linear problem solving. If A plus B is a problem, then what does C equal to solve it? But sometimes, and I'm not very good at this, I need to just listen. Not problem solve. It's just a, a venting moment where, where my wife's just like, look, let's just think through this. Let's just dream together. Let's just talk through this, this issue with our kids. Let's just kind of, and I just need to listen to what she has to say and then come back with biblical encouragement. Hey, God's still in the throne. God's still in control. We're being faithful. That's, that's what we can do. We're being found faithful. It's the best thing we can do, right? Obedience is greater than sacrifice. Or man, look what God's done for us and look how he's providing for us. And sometimes the husband or sometimes the men want to gallantly jump in and white horse night save the day. And sometimes they need us just to shut our mouths and listen. And to relate and to engage. They're much more verbal than we are. They're, they're much more in tune with, with their emotions. They're much more um, really perceptive and discerning than guys are. Guys are like, look, hunt, eat. Look, hunt, smash, build, create. 
So we've got to strive to, to know her. And to not always impose what we think is best, but instead allow room for God to work his best. So I would say in that live and understanding way, be present, know her, be empathetic, and be encouraging. But then it goes on to say, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel in this next part of the verse. Right? It starts to talk about that, to show honor. You want to know what this honor means? Look no further than this book, First Peter. Just go back to um, chapter 2, verse 17, or the message that we did in that thing. And what does it say? It says, show honor, uh, honor everyone. And then it goes down a few more words and says, honor them like you would an, an emperor, a, a king, or a queen, to where you would honor them in such a way of, of highest degree of esteem and, and preciousness. Just like we talked about last week, women are precious. They are daughters of God. So when you're looking at this, showing them honor and trying to understand how to do that, I would say you, you cherish her. So not only do you know her, but you cherish her. And you seek to ways to go, look, how can I hold you in highest esteem? How, how can I love you? Remember, if we remember the one thing that husbands are to lead and love like Jesus, then this is the love part. Women desire to be cherished. They desire to be known. And we are created to cherish them and to know them. So as a Christian husband, we must pursue out this teaching and this understanding of what it is to know her. To, to as if a, a great dignitary would visit and want to eat at your house. If a celebrity would come or someone that you look up to would come and eat with you, you would show them all the honor that is afforded both their position and your des- desire and respect for them. So as a husband, you, you cherish her. So you have to beg the question, what's a great way to cherish her. What's a great way to cherish her? And we have to look no further than the way that Jesus responded with women. You just, you desire, I would say it this way, to cherish is to love to show her the same dignity, value, and worth that God does. That God does. If this is how God loves his daughters, if this is how God loves women, then I'm going to take my cues from God, from Jesus and the discernment of the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to love her in such a great and mighty and powerful way that I'm going to mimic and model and example what God does. I'm going to show her dignity. I'm going to show her value. I'm going to show her worth. That's what honor is. And that's what you're thinking of first. You're thinking of, how can I do that for her? How can I do that to her? How can I example that when I'm out among the community with her? Or even without her? How can I show that I value her and show her great dignity? So that's loving and leading and modeling that for her. So you husbands, we seek to know our wives. Men, we seek to know um, women as daughters of God. We seek to cherish them and treat them in the highest esteem that we possibly can because they are precious. And one of the reasons why is found in the next part of this verse. So we dwell, we are present with them to know them. We, we are loving them and cherishing them to the highest degree of esteem. Because this next part of this verse starts talking about that. Since they are heirs with you of the grace of life. Of the grace of life. So they are heirs of the grace of life. They are among all of God's creation. They are a great blessing from God. Among all of creation. 
In fact, you can go back to Genesis. You can follow that. You can see where all this started about. We talked about it in the last message with wives. You go back to that. There is none more unique and none more precious in, in all of creation than the woman. We see that. Adam goes through all the animals. Fat hamster. Chubby badger. He's naming them all. Dinosaur. He's just going through all of those names and naming them. And after all, he surveys all of the animals in his great and perfect communion. And creation is absolutely perfect. The ground's bearing its seeds and, and, and growing its crop without any work from Adam at all. God says there's not a suitable helper here for this man. And out of Adam, from his rib, he creates woman gives her life in a unique and special way that is only attributed to, to the human race, to the man and to the woman. So he says they're heirs of grace of life. And, and not just only the life, but if you want to understand that word life even more, you go back to John 10.10, 10, right? Jesus says, I have come that you may have life or have it to the full. Or maybe you're using another translation that says, I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. So it's not just life in existence, but she is an heir to the grace of life from God that God desires to give her an abundant, full life. To which he desires to do only to one other, which is the man. The husband. That's how creation works. She's unique and great among that. So then what you start thinking about is, well, if it's also existence, and if it's also a full life... How do we get there? Well, you have to talk about salvation. You will never experience man, woman, or child a fullness of life and the abundant of life without salvation. If you are a, uh, a man who's watching this and you are not saved by grace through faith, it is time to do that. You will never be the husband. You will never be the man God created you to be until you're saved. If you're a Christian husband and your wife is not saved, then you, through your actions, a Christian husband can lead his wife to the throne of grace. Can lead her to Jesus where she might find salvation from her sins. And not spend eternity separated from him who is in heaven and all of the Christians. Uh, but instead be with him in heaven. Instead of in eternal hell separated from that. So when you're talking about life, it's talking about the power of the Christian husband to not only lead. But to love his life into a relationship with Jesus. So you, you never give up on that wife. You never give up on inviting her to church, to talking scripture with her, even if it's for three or four minutes, to asking her what's going on, what she's thinking about, and just all of these questions and all these engagements, giving God credit and praising him, doing all that you can to help your wife do that. But I would also say, not just in the husband and wife, but I would blow that out into the dating and the engaged relationships. Or, or maybe you're not even dating a woman. You're just, you work with women. You, you live in a neighborhood where there are, are women. These are the truths that we all must have. And the sooner you can learn them and implement them, the better your life's going to be in Jesus Christ. You're going to treat women well. You're going to understand how to see them. And you're going to be able to, well, your, your dating, your engagement, your, your employee relationships are, are all going to improve. If you follow what the scripture says about how men should treat women and specifically husbands treat wives when you get into that relationship. So what you see is the importance of salvation. There, there, there really is no hope in your relationships getting better without being saved by grace through faith, through no works of your own. Just confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Just, just believe in your heart that God raised you from the dead. Then you'll be saved. It, that is a biblical truth. It's a biblical truth. It also goes on to say, this is so interesting for guys. We should really listen up to this. Um, husbands as well. So it's like, look, here's why we do these two things. We know her. We cherish her. We lead. We love first. We set that example. 
But then he goes, so that your prayers may not be hindered. As Peter is speaking on, uh, as inspired by God and the Holy Spirit, to the husbands and two men. So the prayers are not hindered. And I found that interesting because it led me to this question. Why would a husband's prayer be hindered for not loving his wife, a daughter of God, well? And I'll say this to you. God is not okay with husbands who don't know and cherish their wives. God's not okay with that. Husbands need to cherish their wives. He's not okay. God is, in fact, I would go even more and say, God's not okay with men who, do, who are not prepared to know and cherish women. He's not okay with that. So much so that it hinders their prayers. And what is that really saying? It creates a, uh, ooh, early days of cell phone, right? Where we used to be like, shh, you're breaking up. I'm going into a tunnel, right? Your connection of communication with God gets broken. And you, and, and, and you begin to, to find battles there. And God's like, look, you're sitting here and you're praying and you're talking to me and you need to go get things right with your wife. You're sitting here praying and talking with me and that woman that you're dating or, or just the co-workers or the neighbors that you have, you're mistreating those women. And God is never okay with that. You can look at Jesus' countward examples. They, they throw women called in the act, uh, act of adultery before him. He meets a woman at the well who, who has had five husbands and the man that she's living with isn't her husband. And all the time you see God seeking to know and to cherish and knowing that God created and knitting them together and says, look, I am not okay as God for you to mistreat women. In fact, I want you to seek to know her and to cherish her. So your prayers are hindered. You've got a big problem. That's what I say about salvation all the time. If you're praying to God for other things and you're not saved, then that's a hindrance to your prayers. Because your number one prayer that God has for you is to be saved. Your greatest need isn't a promotion at work. Your greatest need isn't a strengthening marriage. Your greatest need isn't for your kids to get their act together. Your greatest need is for salvation. So God says here, look, <coughs> I'm not okay with this. Remember when we talked about the one thing, how husbands are to lead and love like Jesus? We are the ones who are supposed to take um, the lead on this in the household. We are the ones who are supposed to lead out. If you go back to Genesis chapter 3, um, verse 8, here's what you see. Eve's taken the fruit. Adam's taken the fruit. The falls happened. Sin is in the world. The world is fracturing because of the sin that has taken place. And all of a sudden, in between that instance, Adam and Eve go hide themselves. They knit leaves together. They realize they're naked and they're hiding from God in the garden. And as they hide from God in the garden, God shows up. Where are you? Where are you? And as he goes to seek, now we know the answer, who ate the, who ate the fruit first? Eve did. She listened to the serpent, listened to the devil. She was deceived and she ate it. And then what did she do? She gave it to Adam. Then what did he do? He ate second. But in Genesis chapter 3 verse 8, here's what we see. Who does God look for? It's not the woman, it's not the wife. He goes to the man. Adam, where are you? What have you done? So he goes there and he goes to that person in order to find what's going on, what's taking place. He goes to the man first. And as he goes to the man first, he drops into that, he launches into that and he says, look, here's the deal. You bear the responsibility for the spiritual, physical, mental, and all the health of his wife. You are the one, Adam, who is supposed to watch out for her. You're the one that's supposed to provide these ways. So God is not okay when husbands phone it in, when they don't know and cherish and do what's best for them. 
so that's how we know that not only that, but there are various scriptures throughout the Old and New Testament that show that, that men are to lead in the household and to lead in the home, to lead their wives in prayer, to lead in the example of Jesus Christ, to, to push and pull and move and go in such a way that draws the wife closer to who God is. So in all of this, this is what we see. In all of this, this is what we know and understand. We seek to desire, we seek to understand and prove what God has before us. So, based on this message, what can you, man, what can you, husband, specifically do to become more like Jesus? So, let's just look at our worship as husbands. Worship. First thing first, love Jesus. The best way for a man to love his wife well is for him to first love Jesus well. You must do that. So, love Jesus in your worship, in your daily devotion, as you pursue and move out and go through all of the teachings of the scriptures. Begin to see how he's working and moving in such a way to bring that out. So, as you worship, love Jesus, you're going to love your life well. And I would even say that to all the men and boys trying to become men. Love Jesus well. It's going to make it so much more clear, not always easy, but clear how to love women well. Husbands, how to love your wives well. Next, I would say about community. When you're in community, what do you do in community? When you're, when you're with others, when it's not just you, but it's you and her, I'd say know her. Through empathy and encouragement, increase your understanding of her. Remember what we said before, be present with her and increase your general knowledge of her. Be, be in there, phones down. TV off, distractions away, and just through empathy and encouragement, engage and share and begin to seek to understand who and what she is, her heart's desires, what God says, lead her to the throne, share biblical truth, seek to know her, lead those conversations, start those conversations, listen well. But then there's also a great way as husbands we can serve. Through service we can do that. You must cherish her. Remember what I said about Ephesians 5.25? The Bible tells us this. Give yourself up for her to draw her closer to God. Not me first, but God first. Not what you want, but, but what she wants, what she needs. Follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. But cherish her, love her, move and pursue in such a way that she might know that not only do you care about her, but you value her you have dignity that you give her. You have worth that you instill in her the way that God does. And finally, multiplication. How can, how can husbands and guys help other guys become men and to do this properly? To teach for the older men, to teach the younger men, for the wiser men, to teach the unwise men how to do this. And I just simply say, step up. You gotta step up. Start living out the truth of how a godly man loves a woman biblically and help boys grow up to be men. Just boys to grow up to men. Teach young men how to do it. Teach guys that are engaged how to do it. Share with co-workers who are already married. This is what to do. And the guys got to step up. Look, the, the women are killing and crushing us here in the church world. They are doing incredible things. And most churches, on the whole, generally speaking... There are women out there doing and leading and going. But we know that God comes to who first? Comes to the man to say, look, it's your responsibility. And throughout scripture, you are to love the wife and women as Christ loved the church. Give yourself up for her. So the men, we got to step up. We got to step up and lead and guide and direct in such a way that is going to call and draw those women in closer to God. And set the example for our friends when we're hanging out with them. When we're hanging out as married couples, when we're hanging out as couples and friends and we're out there, they'll see the way we love our wives and they'll begin to love others. Let me just remind you of the one thing once again. 
Husbands, men are to lead in love like Jesus. In everything that we do. We are to initiate the conversations. We're supposed to initiate knowing her. Initiate cherishing her. Initiate doing all that we can to give her honor. Because she is a, a co-heir to the grace of life. And so that our prayers and our relationship with God may not be hindered. Because we are mistreating the other great, unique, most blessing that we have in all of these things. I mean, that's what I, I tell my wife all the time. After salvation, you are the greatest blessing that I've ever received from God. I mean, there, she truly is my better half. There is no better created thing in all of this world than her for me. And husbands do that. They lead and they love like Jesus. They go out and they initiate even if she doesn't. And if she is a Christian, boy, what a, what a great blessing that is. And you draw her in. So be saved. Live like Jesus. Love like Jesus. And do it well. Let's pray together. God, as we seek to pursue and move after this, we need your help. Because as, as men, we can mess up all the time. We can charge in without thinking. We can say things without thinking. We can not go to the scripture first and foremost to, to understand what it is and how to love others. So God, we pray this for all the guys that want to love their wives well, for the husbands who want to love their wives well, but they're not saved, Lord. May they start in the great best first step and love their wives well. We pray that, Lord. We pray that they will seek to pursue a salvation in Jesus Christ so that they might live in a way that brings you glory and brings you honor. So save their souls. And maybe it's the influence of their wife like we talked about last time that is just bringing them there. May they finally say, you know what? I am supposed to lead first. I am supposed to love first um, just like Christ does uh, the church and just like God has done for all of us. So save men's souls. May they find salvation there for the good of others and the glory of God. And if they are saved, for all the Christian husbands out there, all the Christian wives out there, may we make a commitment to love wives better, to treat women well and to do it in a biblical and godly way. To, to, to know them and to cherish them in the appropriate levels of the, the, the status of our relationships with them. And to realize they are a beloved daughter of God. To realize that they are first and um, foremost cherished by God and should be by us as well. They are precious to him and therefore should be precious to us. May we teach our sons and grandsons and our cousins and nephews and nieces all the truth of your word. So that you are glorified God. That you get the credit and praise. And so that we can show this world what it is to truly love. So that marriages will be strengthened. So that we can curb the, the heart and heartache that comes from uh, relationships that, that um, are struggling and suffering. And say, look what God can do. He can redeem, he can repair, and he can bring it back. So God, help us to love well. Help men to step up and say, you know what? I'm just going to start here at this first step. And begin to string those steps together. For a long journey of leading and loving like Jesus. Um, their wives. We love you, Lord. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I love you guys. Have a great and wonderful rest of the day.